0: Exciting episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. Travis, what's going on, man? How's Dallas, Texas today? Football, baby. Football is about to be happening here in Dallas. We've got
1: three days until the Cowboys take the field versus the Steelers in the NFL Hall of Fame game. We've got 38 days until the real season kicks off.
0: We're getting close. We've got a little butterflies going up here in Dallas, Dustin. Man, when I heard or I got to remember that the Hall of Fame game, even though technically a football game, was happening on Thursday, I was like, man, that means this is the last Sunday without football, and it's like my mind exploded. And then my my girlfriend also was like, well... Great. I'm leaving. So that was good. <laughs> That's going to do it for me. Thanks for the off season. Yeah, cuz this is uh this is the first off or this is the first season that we'll we'll have been together. So she's never been with football Dustin. Oh boy. So <laughs> I'm hoping everything's fine, but it's going to be fun. To today, I'm excited about what we get to talk about today. We're talking about some wide receiver trios, guys that are on the same team and With one caveat, Travis, these guys are all going in roughly the 10th round or sooner, but all going, you know, they're all on the same team. So we're hopefully going to be able to provide some value today. Speak about what differentiates the guys. Do you go after that first guy because he's technically the best on the team, or do you wait? Right. So the teams that we're going at today will be splitting this up into two episodes the first episode today, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. And then in our next episode that we'll release later this week will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to kick it right off. Let's do it. We've been in some mock drafts. We've gotten to see where these guys are going. The Pittsburgh Steelers are they're perplexing. When, when you're drafting, because when I'm drafting, Travis, the first guy that always comes up on my board around the fourth or fifth round is Deontay Johnson. And the first thought that I get in my head when I see Deontay Johnson is, okay, but I know that he's competing for targets with Chase Claypool and Juju. And then I have to wonder, do I pull the trigger here or do I wait? And then I don't always have that answer because as we'll talk about here in a minute, there are some other really talented guys on the board typically in that fifth round that are no slouches. And honestly, some some could think, without looking into it, that they are inherently set up for a better season than Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's a guy, he was sixth in targets in 2020. Just for a little bit of context, Pittsburgh was number two in pass plays per game in 2020. So he had volume last year because the offense demanded. And we all remember kind of some of the the context surrounding Deontay was he's he's missing games now because he's dropping passes. He's dropped 11 balls last year. He was number one in the league in drops. And I, being an owner last year of him, it, it hurt because he was set up for games where he was supposed to smash, and then he drops two, three passes in a row, and then he's out for another half of the game. You're kind of wondering what the heck happened. He kind of burned you those weeks. So are you, are you necessarily looking... At, at another season like that, another roller coaster season. When you look a little bit deeper into him, he he's a valuable guy on that team. They want to get him the ball. His target share was right around twenty three percent. Typically, your wide receiver one gets around twenty five percent of your targets. His hog rate, which isn't more of a, an efficiency like usage stat, like how many passing plays he was on the field versus how many passes they threw to him, he was number one in the league. So when he was on the field, they wanted to throw the ball to him when they were throwing it. Oh, they absolutely did. And just for another point of context there, only two other receivers going in the first 120 picks reached that rate of hog rate, and you know who they were, Travis? Sir, Antonio Brown and DeVonte Adams. Never heard of them. Yeah, small small town guys. I think they're also <laughs> in line for breakout <laughs> seasons, but I'll be looking for them this year. I not to get, I mean, I I know I threw a bunch of stats kind of at the wall there, but there's there's some points for and against him. Uh, we're also going to you know, talk about his teammates here, but there are some points, some really strong points for why you should draft him there. What do you think? I think that the
1: dropped passes thing being assigned to his name got really out of control. Yes, he did lead the league in drop passes, but I think that their inability to run the ball at all last year put a lot of pressure on the receivers to come down with everything thrown at them. And I think it was magnified by the media, too. It felt like every time you watched a game, the first thing anybody said when the camera went to Deontay was, there he is. He's really struggling with drop passes. And that stuff can get to you. And he lost his confidence. That cannot take away from the targets that he got, the volume that he got. I don't know that he will repeat that. I don't think Pittsburgh repeats as number two pass attempts in the league i think they did that because they were doing these five and six yard slants and end and all these short passes because they could not run the ball when they were 11 and 0 and on the way to 11 and 0, it wasn't such a big deal but as they started to get found out and people realized what they were doing with these short passes the pressure was on all three of them in general in the second half of the year the numbers will show that
0: oh for sure once once you kind of realize that the team can't run the ball well It's going to be harder on all other facets of the game. Yeah, it changed pretty drastically for them. With that being said, though, I think a lot of people forget also that Deontay had concussion issues last year, um, which also contributed to those drop issues, I think. And drops are not something that affect fantasy as
1: much as they do real life. Right,
0: yeah, they're not so much a sticky
1: Because you're not losing points. It's not, yeah, it's not a negative play for your receiver to drop a pass. Now, if he's dropping passes and Mike Tomlin pulls him out of the game and benches him for a half, that really screws you over for the week. And that did happen. So that, But that's what people remember. They remember that burn, which was not necessarily a Deontay killing your team as much as it was Mike Tomlin trying to make a point, which in turn really hurt a lot of people. But as far as drop passes alone, the number three in drop passes last year was Tyreek Hill. You're not fading in for that. Number four was Alvin Kamara. You're not fading him for that. If anything, these guys are elite-level players that still drop passes because they get 140 targets. So look at the
0: percentages, not necessarily just the totals. Right. So we've talked about you know, him hopefully being a value, but that kind of also you have to compare it to who he's being drafted against. You, you looked up some names of the other wide receivers that are going in that range. So can you kind of give us some insight as to who they are and kind of maybe what they might offer and what, what Deontay might
1: not? Yeah, so all of the positive things that we just said about Deontay, for me, it's really hard to overcome where he's going right now. If he starts to fall in ADP, even just a round or two, out of the group of receivers we're about to talk about, then I'm much more interested. But when you put him up against guys that are going right next to him at his position. Those are Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, and Kenny Galladay. I feel so much safer about those four guys as opposed to Deontay Johnson for these reasons. I think that when you look at Lockett, Thielen, and Cup, all three of them are in a two-way split there's not three receivers like Juju, Claypool, and Deontay competing for those targets to go with a running back getting targets and the tight ends and Ebron and the rookie. Um, I think having a two-way split in an offense with a great quarterback like Stafford, like Russell Wilson, a consistent Kirk Cousins, Cup Lockett, and Thielen are very safe at, in the fourth round. Or fifth round, I'm not seeing Deontay as being that safe just because I think the volume does start to come down a little bit. And then the fourth guy was Galladay, and he's the number one big body receiver. And I just don't think that Deontay is going to be as safe as those guys who all are around the wide receiver 15 to 18 range. Sure. Uh, What are your
0: thoughts on those four guys compared to Deontay? Oh, for comparing them to Deontay, I feel... This isn't. I feel like a lot of it's coming off as anti Deontay, and that's not what I want this to be. I'm still very much pro Deontay. I I still feel like even though he's you know he's still going in the fifth to sixth round, I, there's there's still a ton of value there. He can still be a wide receiver one. I I do believe that, and it, yeah, the offense was number two in in passing volume last year. That's I don't see a massive fall from that range i don't think they're going to go from number two to number you know 15 16 i still think this is a team that's going to be number or you know top 10 in pass attempts and like i said earlier when he's on the field they want to get him the ball as we're going to go through the efficiency metrics of the next you know two receivers on this team really quick but this is not a an anti-deontay johnson you know talk here cooper cup we like you know you talked about adam Thielen. For me, I like him over Kenny G and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett was not consistent last year. He he had some games where it was really difficult to trust him. He had a couple blow up games and then you couldn't find him the rest of the year. So not all of these guys in this range have some question marks. Right. But Deontay Johnson, I feel like his path to getting back to where he was last year and and above it, I feel like you can absolutely reach it. Um so out of these guys, I put him right in the middle. I'd put him right behind Thielen and Cooper Cup and, you know, locking and Kenny Galladay. If you are at the end of the fifth round and Deontay Johnson is at the top of your board and these guys aren't there, feel good in taking him. He is going to be, at least in the conversation, for their number one wide receiver. And on a hopefully upgraded offense, you can't really go wrong there. Yeah, he's an electric player.
1: He's going to get volume. He's going to get more targets than anybody else you're going to draft in the fifth round. I just like the... Uh, I've been there. I've done that of Cooper Cup, Lockett, and Thielen, and I think Holiday's going to be a focal point, and it's much more of a red zone threat, um, than Deontay. But but I don't have any problem with Deontay, just not compared to those four guys. So so we disagree on a couple of them, but they're all like we said, we're they're all in the same tier. So regardless of of which one is there, if it fits your plan for your your draft strategy, you're fine with Deontay there.
0: Adding to the conundrum, though, adding to the decision-making matrix that you might have going on three spots later in his sleeper adp travis is chase claypool he is always a name that is right there when i'm thinking about you know targeting deontay johnson if there is a reason not to take deontay johnson it is because chase claypool is available he's he's going at pick 60 so at the very end of the fifth round last year. Everyone remembers the the games that he had. I think he had four touchdowns in one game and people went nuts. He kind of fell off at the, at the end of the year. Yeah. I think that's
1: the taste left in people's mouth too, is a lot of people, including myself, when he was starting to heat up, even when he was scorching hot, still made a move after just because of the eye test. I was thinking this guy's a freak. Nobody can stop him. I've got to have him down the stretch. We made a move to go get him, and then he just completely fell off and he burned you. So a lot of people are still going to have that and say, nah, it's not going to happen
0: again to me. So he's going, like I said, after Deontay Johnson on average. The guys that are going around him, Travis, hit me with their names because then I want to give you some some numbers and kind of give you some context as to why I like him probably a little bit more than some of these guys. So the four that I have found being right
1: around him are Odell Beckham, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, and Brandon Ayuk.
0: These guys that he's going around, definitely names that that you'll know. Odell Beckham coming back, T. Higgins, you know, in the conversation for being that number 1A, 1B on that team, with Jamar Chase coming in, Cortland Sutton returning from injury as well, Brandon Ayuk questions about his volume and efficiency. You know, is it because he really is the number one receiver on that team, or is it because George Kittle and... Deebo Samuel are out. These are guys that we're going to be covering uh, leading up to the season. So, you know, stay tuned on those guys. But for today, right now, we're talking about Chase Claypool. And when I'm looking at him and his case to be drafted here at the end of the fifth, early sixth round, this is a guy who still saw over 100 targets. He saw nearly 110 targets. And we talked about that hog percentage, that that percentage of when he's on the field and they're passing, how often are they throwing it to him? They're throwing it to him 17% of the time, which is good for 10th in the league. As a rookie, that's awesome. You know, especially as kind of the not only outside threat but kind of your your downfield threat on that team. He was top 10 in air yards last year and number 3 in deep targets. And a couple interesting stats. What I look for, I'm looking at statistics for year over year is which statistics are repeatable, which ones are unlikely to recur reoccur. And for Chase Claypool, he was number four in unrealized air yards, and he only converted 19% of his contested catches last year, which at a glance doesn't look great. But the only wide receiver in 2019 to convert 25% or less of their contested catches and not improve the following season was Traquan Smith. So, what that tells me is that Chase Claypool is going to improve. His unrealized air yards are more than likely. Going to, going to improve and he's going to catch those passes down the field what this is telling me it's, it's a big scream to me travis that he is in line for a possible breakout season even if that team falls off a little bit from the number two in volume of passes he's going to see higher efficiency because he was still targeted on 25 percent of his routes that number is going to improve
1: so my question is: Even before we get to Juju, you you think that Deontay Johnson and Claypool can both improve on last year?
0: I think they can, and statistically speaking, I think they will. Um, efficiency wise, if they have a better run offense, yeah.
1: Well, and yeah, more rush attempts, even the same amount of rush attempts, and Ben throws it less. Sure. If you if you think that. All of those are true if he does not repeat as the second highest pass attempts in the league. Yet, Deontay and Claypool get better. That's efficiency, but that
0: also means that Juju's going to fall off. So you can't feed all three. Transitioning into Juju, I, I'll finish here on, on Chase because there's one more thing I want to get to. You just okay. mentioned you know, him, him lowering down, uh, his, them decreasing the passing volume. and That's not a bad thing because Chase doesn't rely on volume. What he relies on is efficiency because he gets those high-value targets. And last year, as a rookie, he was inefficient. Inefficient in such a way that it's it's not that he is an inefficient player. It's that statistically speaking, um, probability-wise, the likelihood of those numbers staying the same the next year is very low. So him, the next year, improving on the metrics that you need when you're getting those valuable down the field targets. Once those things mesh up, that means that he's going to be converting more and he's going to be converting bigger plays. And that's someone that in the fifth, sixth round, if I can get him in the sixth round, sign me up. Unlike his teammate Juju, who is going about a round and a half later, his sleeper ADP is 76. I hope he finds success in his next team because this year I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's there I, Travis, looking at his numbers, he's not—he's not a bad player. His efficiency metrics weren't terrible, but he's not getting the opportunities that a Deontay or Chase Claypool are getting. his he, he was 106 in the NFL in average depth of target last year, which it—it it sounds bad, but he was only useful last year because he caught nine touchdowns and he was number four in red zone targets. The chances of that happening again probably not likely. He was only targeted on 20% of his routes despite running the most routes in NFL in the NFL. So, he he's efficient when he's targeted. He he'll catch the ball. He doesn't drop balls. He had zero drops last year. Um, but he was number 7 in receptions and number 15 in targets since he he wasn't number 1 in targets and caught the most patch, passes, so they're not directly correlated. He was middle of the pack in targets and he ran the most routes. What worries me though, in saying that, is that he still only finished as the wide receiver 24 in fantasy points per game, and he was only targeted deep last year, beyond 20 yards, six times. So you could take that one of two ways. You can take that as, okay, well, that number should go up, but we just kind of, uh, we, we kind of showcased his other two teammates who are succeeding downfield and should win downfield I don't necessarily know that the volume is going to be there for Juju to improve markedly on these because he kind of shows you that he'll catch the targets thrown his way, but the targets just, they're not the valuable targets. They're not down the field. He's their slot guy and he's talked on podcasts about how he wants to be used outside. The, The fact of the matter is I don't think that that team is going to use him outside. They've got two other guys that they want to target. Not with the other two. I think Juju is going to be what he's always been. He'll catch it when you throw it to him. But unless he is going to be that featured wide receiver, I don't see the upside, especially when he's going in the you know, middle of the sixth to seventh round. I just I don't see it. I what am I am I missing something here? No, and and just to bring it back full circle a little bit on what I was saying
1: with Big Ben and the volume in general. There are yards there for all three of these guys. Ben has thrown for over 560 attempts. Last year was 608 passes. He's gone for over 560 attempts 5 times in his career. It's not something he's this is this is not a super outlier, right. okay? That's almost 40 to fi- 45% of his career he's throwing for 560 to 600 times. However, of those five or six seasons that he's done that, last year was the fewest yards by a lot. Last year, he threw 600 attempts for 3,800 yards. Whereas in 2017, he threw 560 attempts. So 40, 48 fewer pass attempts and 400 more yards. But there's been six times where he's thrown for more yards than he did last year on fewer attempts. So those yards are going to come. There was a lot of incomplete passes. Like, we talked about the drops. That's not going to change his stats drastically. But I think as teams figured them out, they became one-dimensional. They couldn't run. If they're able to establish that at all, and he has just an average amount for his career of pass attempts and yards, there's going to be plenty of yards to go around. All three of these guys could get to 1,000. Juju has been a top 24 receiver, I think, in four straight years. I just... It's hard to say they're all gonna do it it's possible sure but as fantasy players you kind of have to pick one or two and ride or die with them you really can't just say I'll just take
0: whatever Steelers receiver is there are you gonna pick him over Debo uh no I will not um you're not gonna pick him over Robbie Anderson nope um not probably not gonna pick him over Cortland Sutton I'll take Sutton all day long he's the number one all right are you gonna Are you gonna take him over DJ Chark? I would take him over DJ
1: Chark. DJ Chark does yeah, not think- excite me. That's this is like we said in in
0: first or second episode.
1: DJ Chark was wide receiver forty nine
0: as the one. Yeah, he didn't have a good season last year. This will be a nice kind of transition into the Jacksonville Jaguars, who also have an interesting trio of wide receivers right now. Talking about DJ Chark and going right around where Juju's going. They don't really have a wide receiver that's going in the Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool range. But they've got a bunch of guys. They've got, well, DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault who are going on sleeper ADP uh, three spots away from each other. DJ Tark does not feel as good. He hasn't got the glowing reviews that LaVisca Chenault has over the off season, And whether you or li- I like it, Travis, that matters, especially in ADP. You know, not everyone is, st- is stat-driven. You don't have everyone rushing to their computers to look up, you know, numbers and research these guys. And honestly, we've talked about your, you know, the feel for your team for just speaking for me, having DJ Chark on my team doesn't feel good after his finish last year. He's not someone I'm excited to go run out and get and feel like I'm, I'm getting a leg up on my my league mates. He only had three weeks last year that uh, a finish of wide, re- two, wide receiver two or better. And he played 13 games. And last year, you, you paid a pretty good price for him. He was going in about the sixth, the fifth or sixth round. Uh, I, he You couldn't play him most of the season. And if we're talking just numbers, I don't want to just make this like a spit out numbers and that we talk about him. The numbers tell me that they don't want to use him when he's on the field last year. If he's supposed to be their number one weapon last year, the numbers don't tell us that. You know, and their actions also don't tell us that in the off season by bringing in Marvin Jones. He was among the league leaders last year in unrealized air yards. uh, DJ Chark was, and then they go in. Yeah. They bring in, you know, Trevor Lawrence, they bring in Marvin Jones, which tells you that, yeah, the targets are going to be more accurate, but they're not necessarily all going to be going back to DJ Chark. He's, he might not necessarily have that opportunity to realize those air yards because he's going to have more competition going down the field. He has someone, uh, you know, the other wide receiver we want to talk about. And I think it'd be a good, could kind of juxtaposition here to kind of contrast these guys because they're very similar athletes in DJ Chark and Marvin Jones, you know, what your initial feel, like when you're looking at a draft board, Okay and you see Marvin Jones, what's your feel? Because him and DJ Chark, athletically wise, and probably usage wise, not very different at all. They have a lot of the same metrics. They fall within the same range. So what do you feel about Marvin Jones? What What does he do for you? He is an
1: underrated fantasy receiver that I always seem to try to get a little too late. But he is a a very QB-friendly guy. You throw it up to him, he's coming down with it at a high rate. From all that we hear everywhere he goes is, this guy's a pro's pro. He was successful in Cincinnati with Andy Dalton. He was successful in Detroit. He will probably be successful in Jacksonville. Everywhere he goes, he's on the field, he's making plays, and I feel like DJ Chark is going to have a pretty short leash compared to Marvin Jones. I mean, you're not going to take him over those Um, guys we
0: talked about just talking about Juju. You're not taking him over Debo, Robbie Anderson, or Cortland Sutton.
1: No, no, of course not. You know, and DJ Chark is
0: undraftable at this point at his ADP. At his ADP, sure. I mean, if you were to switch these guys' ADPs, and here's the crazy thing, Travis. We were looking up their ADPs, Marvin Jones is going 55 spots. After DJ Tark. Incredible. And they have... People are stuck two years ago. Exactly. Even though Marvin Jones was a extremely usable and productive wide receiver last year, the dude is getting no respect because he changed teams and people think that he's still in Detroit. Granted, Stafford didn't play with him at the end of the last year, but he's got a, in my opinion, a- an upgraded quarterback. He was still fine. Yeah. He- he's-, he's going to get targets. He didn't hurt you. And... He's going to be used in that offense. They didn't bring him in not to use him. And who's he there to compete with? DJ Chark. And we just laid out a bunch of reasons why DJ Chark is kind of in line for a, a fall this year, or at least to disappoint. I don't necessarily know that you can fall from being the wide receiver 49 last year. Just stay away. In short, just yeah. stay away from Chark at that age DJ Chark 80. was number five in deep targets last year, and all of those targets aren't just going to go back to DJ Chark. They're going to go to Marvin Jones, and history tells us that Marvin Jones will be more efficient. And he's going to be exciting to watch on plays. And you know who else is going to be exciting to watch? LaVisca Chenault. Now we're talking. That's somebody that I
1: can get on board with having on my roster from Jacksonville. Nobody else on that roster at their ADP really excites me, but I'm, I'm fine with Chenault at his ADP.
0: LaVisca Chenault's going right around that Juju range, and I'll tell you right now, I'm taking LaVisca over Juju. Because Juju has very little path to being the number one on his team, and LaVisca absolutely has every opportunity to be the number one on that team. I don't know what an Urban Meyer offense is going to look like in the NFL, but I can tell you that he uses the heck out of the slot, and he uses them in a bunch of different ways. He stretches the defense horizontally with them, a lot of screens, and he targets them downfield, which is something that LaVisca Chenault did not see last year. He only saw 518 air yards in 2020 and 600 receiving yards in total, which tells me that all of his stuff was close to the line of scrimmage. Right. You know, his target volume was low last year. He's not only going to see, at least in my opinion, uh, another year where he's only getting 50, 15% of the targets and he's, you know, bottom of the league in snap share. He only played 66% of snaps. That's not going to happen again. You know, Last year, he had low accuracy of targets and low quality. Like I said, quality of targets is down the field. And having accurate targets, he didn't see either of those. you know. But you know what he did see? He did see a quarterback rating of 116 when they threw it to him, which tells me that when they throw it to him, he's catching Successful. it and he's yep. And on a team that, like we said, we talked about the Steelers, who were number two in pass attempts, Jacksonville – is number six in pass attempts, and I don't see their defense stopping anyone. If anything, I I still think they're going to be in the top, at the very least, top half of the league. So there's not going to be – if there is a fall-off, it's not going to be that much. And he's going to see a lot of those volume – or a lot of the, the volume of receptions being their pseudo number one receiver. I am all in on LaVisca Chenault give me that guy in the 7th round. I'll reach up. I will reach for him because yep. you don't have a chance in those 7 to 10 rounds to draft a wide receiver that could be their the number 1 on their team. You just you don't see it very often. Yeah,
1: I I agree. Uh finding a guy that could be number 1 you're not going to find. Um there's a group of guys with the exception of Mike Williams and Antonio Brown. I think the closer we get to drafts here in 3 weeks or so, those guys are gonna to continue to rise up ADPs, up draft boards. They have over the last few weeks. They will continue to. Um, the other group, the rest of the group around Chenault is gonna be Hollywood Brown, Michael Pittman, Corey Davis, and Jalen Waddell. I think Chenault is
0: safer than all four of those. Um, oh, yeah. You know what? I, I did. I, I said his ADP was 77. That's his best ball ADP. What you just said was his, his redraft. Yeah, on his, his redraft ADP PPR. on Sleeper
1: is about 104. And that group that he's going with, I think he's going to outperform the Hollywood, Pittman, Corey Davis, Waddle group easily by quite a bit. Um, I still would take Mike Williams and Antonio Brown, but I think they are where he should be going. All three of those guys are a good group if. If you're like us, and in your draft, as the round goes away from you and starts to come back, you have a group of guys that you're okay with getting. Three or four guys, just in case the rest of them are gone. Or the one guy that... You can't just go into a draft thinking, oh, I'll get Mike Williams in this round. Because you may not get him. Somebody might take him right before or around early. Yeah, You've got to have a group of guys, and I think... The Mike Williams, Antonio Brown, Chenault group is a really good value group in the 7th and 8th round. And at ADP 104 for Chenault, you're getting him cheaper than those guys even in a lot of drafts.
0: For sure. And what that allows you to do is stay flexible in your early rounds. If you know you're targeting targeting these guys and you know that they're going right around 104, so you're talking 8th, ninth round, you know, you know that okay. Well, in the seventh round, we know who's going there. So, Mike Williams, uh, Antonio Brown, you legitimately could draft them in the seventh round and then come back in the eighth and draft Lavisca Chenault. I've seen it. I, right. Yeah, you. you'll be able. I've to. done it a few times myself. If you're set at running back and you're not one to take an upside flyer on one of these, you know, Trey Sermon type of guys, Michael Carter's, Mike Williams and Lavisca Chenault is a nice, nice pairing to give you some upside flex appeal. And I, I would do that seven days a week, as, you know, guys that maybe your league isn't as high on or maybe they're just not listening. But LaVisca Chenault, Mike Williams, Antonio Brown, that's your upside pocket and offenses that, you know, especially with LaVisca Chenault that are set to improve.
1: Right. And it reiterates again um, what we've been saying, especially in our mock draft episode, get your running backs taken care of. In the early rounds, in the 5th, 6th, find your value, whether that is Mike Davis, Ronald Jones, Mostert, Damian Harris. Get one of those guys to go with your early running backs so that when you get to the 7th, 8th, ninth, you can be ready to go on on this receiver group because you're going to be happy with what you get value-wise at this point. Whereas the running backs around here are going to be really hit or miss. These guys are going to be, every week you can plug and play know the volume is there, know the upside is there for all three. So, take care of running back knowing that these receivers will be there for you a few rounds later.
0: Yeah, feel good about it. Feel good knowing that yep. you know when to jump hopefully before your league mates. The last team we're going to talk about, Travis, is you know, we we mentioned it's going to be the Dolphins and I got to tell you all these guys are going at the back of the draft. Somebody's going to be a big hit. You'd like to think so. I got to tell you, man, I get all these updates, and it's it's camp season. Everyone's having the you know the best offseason of their life. Everyone's looking great. Tua has these question marks, and it's just it's so crazy to think because you know two years ago it was tank for Tua. This guy was a can't miss prospect. The Dolphins are thinking you know everyone was you know blaming the Dolphins for ruining their chances because they got the fifth pick and they had ruined their chances of having Tua. You know, Joe Burrow goes and everyone's like, Oh, if Tua was healthy, he'd be the he'd be the one oh I, you know, looking at this team, there are some improvements. You know, I'm not unexcited to have some of these guys on my team. And something that we're gonna continue to preach is that I, I'm never I'm never just against a player outright. If a guy's going super early and I can't I can't justify it, I, I'm not gonna take him. With that being said, Jalen Waddle is a guy I just wanna get him out of the way because he's someone that I, I can't wrap my ro- my mind around drafting him. He's going at the right around the hundredth pick, which, you know, right there in the right m- around LaVisca Chenault group. Right around the LaVisca Chenault, I'm not touching Jalen Waddle. There's no chance he's as productive as as LaVisca. I wouldn't say there's no chance.
1: If everybody's healthy, I don't think that the Dolphins throw enough and Waddle is involved enough when you have Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Gasicki, Gaskin. That's a lot of mouths to feed. And Waddle being the new guy in town, he's not a physically dominant guy. Yes, he's a speedster, but it's rare we see rookie receivers come in as an option not the first or second on their team, a third or fourth come in and be fantasy assets right out of the gate. We just don't see it,
0: yeah, so the whole mouth to defeat dichotomy is something that you could say for for so many different teams. I mean that's kind of the whole reason we're doing this show, you know doing this these segments the the wide receiver trios that's kind of what they're they're based on is there's so many mouths here. what are we gonna do? Well, we're, we're here to tell you that out of these mouths, here's the ones that are most likely going to get fed. Jalen Waddle, yes, they drafted him at a high draft capital, which tells me they have plans to use him. He's He gets open. He had one of the highest, if not the highest, success against man coverage in college history, which tells you that that's one of the stats that does translate to the NFL based on uh, the – reception reception perception uh, that Matt Harmon does over there
1: yeah speed kills speed speed kills every time
0: and that's a stat that that really kind of stuck out to me because a wide receiver that gets open is a quarterback's favorite target and something that kind of shocked me Travis is that everyone at least that I've talked to that I've seen on Twitter that is talking about Tua is like oh he's been terrible but that's kind of the overarching preconception that he was bad last year but if you look at his efficiency metrics his yeah he was a low depth of target guy he wasn't throwing it down the field a bunch but when he was throwing it he only threw a deep 33 times last year granted he was pulled in some games so he's not he doesn't make right. you, you feel safe he's not like a, a joe burrow where you, you see him player of uh justin herbert where he played and just lit the league on fire no he's he needed some time to adjust but when he was playing and he was throwing the ball travis he was the number two most accurate quarterback on his throws albeit they were short throws the number two accuracy rating, which screams to me that give him another offseason, give him another year of prep, and give him more weapons. His wide receivers were not getting open last year, which brings us to Devontae Parker. Devonte Parker is you know one of his main weapons that you mentioned in contrast to Jalen Waddell. Devonte Parker was not separating last year. He was averaging .8 yards of separation on his targets, and the guy wasn't winning in contested catches. He just... The the defenses knew that they didn't have to cu- uh, give him a bunch of cushion to to keep him from blowing by him. He was 105th last year in, in average cushion from the defense, so they're up on him, and he's not separating. Tua being accurate, now you add in some weapons that can separate. Will Fuller getting open downfield. There is a universe where Devontae Parker finishes third out of these guys, so that doesn't make Jalen Waddle necessarily unusable. I don't think he's unusable. I just think he's undraftable because of his ADP at 100. At his ADP, 100% agree.
1: I think my strategy with Waddle is going to be don't draft him. Wait a few weeks. Let the Dolphins sort of ease him into the system. Trade for him. Maybe if it's not just for him, maybe you make another deal and you're able to sneak him in as a throw-in piece to a team that drafted him, was expecting a lot right out of the gate. And is disappointed. They're going to be much willing, much more willing to get rid of him than I will be willing to draft him at ADP one hundred because the guys ahead of him and Fuller and Parker both have been very injury prone. And and again, we don't draft, um, saying this guy gets hurt a lot. This guy doesn't ever get hurt because you cannot really predict injury for the most part. But when you have Will Fuller and Parker and their history. There's a path there if either one of them gets banged up or pulls a hamstring, which has happened, I think, every single season of Will Fuller's career to this point. When that happens to either one of them, if Waddle is healthy, it's going to be an immediate value. They're going to be force-feeding the ball because he's electric and he's a game-changing kind of guy. Waddle's already
0: kind of banged up. I think all of these guys are a little bit banged up right now. There's injury reports. Yeah, and that's going to be the story all, all year long. That's just what they are. You think Will Fuller falls off
1: at all this year? Um, falls off from being a top 15 receiver like he was with Deshaun Watson in Houston. I think that's a lot to ask because there's only so many of the guys that can produce like that. Will Fuller wasn't a high, high volume guy.
0: so that No, he was number one in yards per
1: target last year. Yeah, he, he's open. He can separate. The speed is crazy. Uh, I think, too, uh, being accurate yeah. will help Fuller uh, stay somewhat in the top 20, uh, top 25. But you're getting him that late. Why not?
0: Will Fuller, you can go one of two ways, I think, drafting Will Fuller. So you can kind of take his start to the season one of two ways. So I'm he's missing the first week. So I don't know exactly how much that's suppressing his ADP or how much it would raise if he were playing that first game. It's got to be a little bit. So here's what you think. You either someone drafts Will Fuller and thinks, okay, this guy's going to blow up and, you know, he missed that first game. Maybe, you know, maybe he's someone to target in that, that first week, try to get him before he breaks out. Um, Because he was, like I said, he was number one in yards per target last year and he was top five in target quality because he was playing with Deshaun Watson. Now he's playing with a quarterback who was bottom of the league in in both essentially uh yards per attempt he was 32 was 30th and bottom half of the league in air yards per attempt um but he's also accurate so if they do allow you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it now if they let to a cook um with <laughs> copyright accuracy Be careful <laughs> if that if that accuracy does convey to those deep targets there's a good chance that Will Fuller is a super value. Yeah, you know, sitting there at the no doubt. the end of the what seventh eighth round. Yep.
1: Would you prefer Fuller over the guys that he's going next to, which is Brandon Cooks, Boyd, Jerry, Judy, Devontae Smith? Probably Devontae
0: Smith, right? I would. I would take him over Devontae. I take him over Boyd. I would take him. God, I can't get excited about anything about Brandon Cooks on the Texans. Te- I can't. Brandon, C- Brandon Cooks is someone who always produces, no matter who's playing quarterback. It seems like, um, but we I just we might be it. way wrong on Brandon Cooks. Uh, we could be. I, I I'm that's someone I'm okay being wrong about because yeah, I, if, I, if I'm if I don't draft him and I'm wrong, he goes for a thousand and like four touchdowns. If I'm if I you could be really unhappy, rostering exactly. If any I draft Texan him and point. I'm wrong. I'm very upset because I don't get hardly. There's he's no, not costing you a lot. No, but, but he doesn't he's have. He's costing
1: you a, a Jerry Judy Devontae Smith Will Fuller. It's yeah, going to have exactly. to be one of those guys.
0: This poor Devontae Smith first off season he goes and sprains his MCL. So you know we'll, be all right. we'll see how that goes. But I don't know if I'm taking Will Fuller over Jerry Judy. I'm high on Jerry Judy this year, but Will Fuller, he had. There's an argument to be made that. Like nothing crazy, super crazy has to happen. His quarterback just needs to throw it deep, which looks like from everything we've heard out in the off season, that's what they want to do. So why not? They can only do it more than they did last year. There's no no way they're gonna go third. They're not gonna go bottom of the league, especially not with that that defense getting them the ball again and revamped you know offensive weapons. Yeah, I I I would say it's not insane to think Will Fuller finishes as a top. You know, he'll probably sniff wider receiver two you know production you know confidently in that offense yeah um but uh, yeah he's a, he's a good value
1: I would I would not be upset with Will Fuller as a three or four and you're getting him exactly. at, as a wide receiver and Devontae Parker
0: going at just to to touch on him briefly D- Devontae Parker going at 122 so at the 11th round or so I'm still not touching him there no They're, I I mentioned at that point, you want flyers. Mean, you want guys that sure. can really
1: hit for you. He's never going to really I mean, hit for you, given a, all that's going a on. A couple
0: years ago, he had his best season, and you know he won people leagues at the end of the year. But man, he was I just okay last it. year. I had him in he a league okay. or two. and he he, he actually produced for the first
1: two thirds of the year. He was fine, but sure you add Waddle, you add Fuller.
0: There's just it can't he can't repeat what he did, so he's only going to digress. Right, I just. You know he had troubles with drops as well. Again, it's not a sticky stat. I can't use that and you know as an excuse why Devonte Johnson's going to be or Devante Deontay Johnson's going to be better, and then use it as a reason why Parker's going to be bad. But yeah. you know it's not like their target. They he had only eleven deep targets last year. Again, kind of goes into you know Tua not throwing it deep. But man, he's not going to come back this year and all of a sudden be their deep target. You know like they're going to throw it to him probably right around that many times. You know deep again because. You're not going to draw up deep shots to, to Devontae Parker when you could draw him up for, you know, Jalen Waddell or Will Fuller or even Albert Wilson. Like, there, there's other guys that he doesn't have high efficiency metrics. Like, there's nothing that, you know, looking at his, his profile, there's nothing about Devontae Parker this year that just excites me. Like, I don't see anything that, that, that I, can, I can point to and be like, yeah, but this is what's going to improve this year because honestly the things that typically will improve with more efficient quarterback play are going to be for the guys that are getting the high value targets. And that's not Devonte Parker. Like I said, he yeah. doesn't get separation right now and people stay teach, away. Yeah. Stay away For even in the 10th, 11th round, there's other guys you can get, you know, if a Michael Pittman falls or something like that, I, I'm, i I'm okay. I want to, I'm to take a look and see who is right around Devontae Parker's you know ADP, because Darnell Mooney's going there right now. You know, Henry Ruggs, I would even probably take a, a shot on. We just mentioned Marvin Jones earlier, I'd probably take a shot on. Are you taking... Yeah, all those guys are going to be much more usable. Yeah, uh, Devontae Parker, Michael Gallup. Uh, Michael Gallup. Yeah, all day long for me. So As
1: is, and especially because if something were to happen to either one of the top two, he's a top 24 receiver. Yeah. If if something if happens something... to Will Fuller, then Devontae Parker is not a top twenty four receiver. No. If something yeah. happens to Jalen Waddell, nothing changes for Devontae Parker. Whereas There's Gallup not... that yeah.
0: ceiling becomes really high. Will Fuller, if something happens to Devontae Parker or Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller gets a huge bump. Um because yeah. he's getting more volume and we've already talked about how efficient of a wide receiver he can be when he's going downfield. That was a
1: good exercise. I think I think looking at all these guys compared to their own teammates kind of uh, clarifies a lot of question marks that we have and hopefully that listeners have of what do I do with these guys especially the ones like Claypool and Deontay that are very similar in ADP Um, I think it's been very educational just doing the research for us and hopefully for people listening that to feel confident and and know what group of receivers like I said earlier know where these guys go and what group they're going in. I think that would be something that we um, could start to release on Twitter for you guys is a certain group of guys that you're okay with at their ADP so that when you're looking at your draft, you've got a group circled or highlighted in a different color, whatever you want to do to feel comfortable with, okay, my guy is gone. Now you have three or four of my guys in this round and it allows for flexibility. It allows for uh, for you to not tilt if you see a name that you like to go off because you've got guys that you're confident in that maybe you didn't know so much about compared to the others.
0: Yeah, and we'll keep hammering the point, man. Just get out there and mock. I mean, you and I practice. We, we practice exactly. every day. We've been, we've been doing mock drafts. Familiarity with the process. Familiarity, especially like I've been talking about ADPs. ADPs change on different apps. And what that means is that when people are on these apps and you're drafting against different people, like I'm able to get Will Fuller later in drafts than I am on, you know, like an app like Underdog because it's a different type of draft. You know, I may do a mock on Yahoo. Will Fuller goes at a different ADP on Yahoo than he does on Sleeper. Get familiar with those because practice on the platform that you're going to be drafting on. Exactly. Because I don't want you guys to panic. I want you to be calm, cool, and collected when you're going to grab these guys. Because you know, okay, DJ Tark and all these other guys are going off the board. Oh, man, I missed out on him. I missed out on uh, LaVisca Chenault. Well, that's okay because a round later you can get a Will Fuller. You know, later in the draft you can get a Marvin Jones. And you know what their upside is. You can get a Michael Gallup, a guy who we're going to talk about, you know, in the next episode. You know, these are keep practicing, keep asking questions exactly and because
1: yeah things are going to change and you got to be ready for whatever so the more you practice the more you know that your group
0: of guys the better off you're going to be totally man i i can't wait for football we're just a few days away from hall of fame game i'm going to watch it i'm going to watch the whole hall of fame game of
1: course yeah man we're like addicts ready for something to watch all right so tomorrow uh which trios are we going to do as we get a little bit closer to um another mock draft episode. We're going to, we're going to go through some more trios and then we're going to get into some running back uh, committees too. I think that'll be a good exercise to break down just like we did with the receivers. That'd be a good one. Yeah, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Get to get into some, the, the dirty stats for these guys kind of, bring out some knowledge yeah we'll do the we'll do the bucks next week we'll do the the cowboys i wanted to lump those in together because i think those guys are a little bit more exciting you've got big impact ADP players guys. the bucks is uh, the bucks are really interesting the last one that we're gonna do you know lumping them in with the the bucks and the cowboys the bangles as well because i think no i think that's gonna be the hardest one i don't think so i don't i don't think so um I, I've been getting a lot of T. Between Higgins. Chase and Higgins, I've been getting a lot of Higgins.
1: I know I've seen that in our
0: mocks. You really like you
1: really like going T. Higgins, and the guys that you're drafting around. I'm saying, what the heck was that? Yeah, I, but you're confident.
0: I'm interested to see why. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to breaking that down. I could be wrong. I might I might I might you know start actually looking into the the stats and realize, oh man, I've been missing some value here. Um, I want right. to do a few exercises to see where T. Higgins would go if I just let him drop because. Um, if I can get an extra round of value and get someone else, that'll be nice. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Losing Sucks. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks. See you next time.